Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to another coaching episode of Grow With Soul. Today is all about how to take an idea that you've been mulling over and actually put it into action. My guest is Anna Dunleavy, a photographer who has recently gone full-time in her main business, but also has an idea for a membership community that she can't shift. In this episode, we talk through the idea from business model through target customer and content and how Anna is actually going to make it real. So enjoy. Hi, Anna. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Good. So and uh, you're used to podcasting because you have a podcast of your own as well, which I'm sure we'll get into. Well, I wouldn't say I'm used to it, if I'm <laughs> honest. I've recorded a few, but it's been it's been a learning curve, let's just say that. <laughs> so we're going to kind of get into talking about your kind of new project that you want to be launching. But before we jump into that, tell us a little bit about kind of your existing businesses and yeah, and then we'll get into the, the new stuff. So my name is Anna and I'm predominantly a wedding photographer. I've been doing photography for probably the last five years or so. Weddings maybe for the last three and in April of this year I went full time with it, which was really exciting. I kind of really enjoyed that change. And so since going full time, I decided that I wanted to kind of uh, open up a kind of second side to my business. So I started doing personal branding photography. Mm. And just before I went full time as well, I started organizing meetups for creative women in Nottingham. That's where I'm based. So we have a closed Facebook group. And then, like you've mentioned very, very recently, I've launched my podcast as well. So not much going on then. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Just go full time and then do all the things. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, I think, yeah. I thought, well, I've got all this time now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Whenever you have time, we're very good at filling it with stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I think most people think that you're going to go full-time and all of a sudden you're going to have all of this free time, but it just doesn't work that way. I don't know whether you felt that way, oh, but God, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just not the case. Yeah, no. It's like there's a, a kind of economics model where you always live up to your means. So even if like you have a price, um, a salary increase from 20000 to 40000 you don't stay living at your 20000 lifestyle. You automatically put it up to your 40000 I think it's the same with the way that we spend our time, that we don't kind of keep the efficiencies and the stuff going that we did when we were like side hustling. As soon as we go full time, we're like, right, I've got full time time. I'm going to fill it with all the things. <laughs> no, that's definitely true. I think it's something I struggled with actually, because I feel like well, I, I love what I do. So I'm always excited about the new kind of projects and all these kinds of things. So so easy to just fill up the mm. time and not actually take time out and pause. So that's something I'm conscious of at the moment and trying to make some changes, I think. Mm. Yeah, totally. Because we're doing stuff that we love and that we enjoy and that we want to get out into the world. And so it's at, similarly to you at the moment going through a bit of a, oh, wh what is it that I actually like that isn't work? <laughs> I need I need some sort of hobby. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally get that. But anyway, let's forget about that and talk about your new thing. <laughs> so let's talk about, so you kind of mentioned your meetups and things like that. So I know that's where this new kind of project and income stream is kind of coming from. So tell us about what this is. Right, so it's kind of started with the meetups that I started organizing for other women who work in the creative industry and the meetups are kind of designed to bring women together I guess and hopefully create a community where we can support each other chat about all the things that maybe perhaps aren't going too well in the business at the moment or things we need help with and just I think yeah it's just like a little support network and it's been really lovely to get to know other women in the kind of similar situation who perhaps are working from home. So I think, yeah, it's, it's just been really lovely to kind of bring women together 
it's, it's very beneficial to me, but also obviously I hope that it's kind of beneficial to others as well. Mm. So that's the meetups. I've kind of from there, I went to the podcast. The idea is to hopefully inspire those just starting in business or who are already kind of have their own businesses. So I interview other creative women and that's been really exciting and very scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found that a bit of a challenge, to be fair, just to put it out there. I think I was putting it off for quite a long time. Mm. But going from there, I think the natural progression and something that I've been thinking about for a long time is creating a membership of some kind for women to get together online, obviously, and really be inspired, motivated, and introduce some form of accountability. I'd like it to ideally be possibly maybe a three-month kind of course so to speak where we'll go through different topics so things like goal planning social media visibility um, that kind of stuff yeah that sounds so exciting so so everything you've done so far is has been a kind of on a free model and now you want to kind of monetize it a bit more and really make it part of your income streams I suppose so, but I think the bottom line is that I want it to be of value to people and I want it to make a difference. The income stream, obviously, it's something that, you know, it's it's an aspect of it, I suppose, but it's perhaps not a priority. Oh, okay. So having people pay for it helps you make it the best it can be? Yeah, so the thinking behind it and... I have to kind of say that it is kind of early stages mm. of, of an idea. So it's it's still very fluid, I guess. <laughs> but it's, it's to bring other experts into the group. So, for example, someone who is an expert in social media or maybe someone like yourself who's, mm-hmm. you know, who knows a lot about marketing, all these kinds of different things. So, so it would be bringing in other experts into the mix as well. Mm-hmm. So, so, so hence... It needs to be a, a proper business model in a sense that obviously it needs to make some form of money so that I can cover costs as well. Obviously, that's a huge part. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's really about it not costing you uh, and hopefully there being a little bit left over rather than it being, I'm gonna, this is gonna, we're going to make my millions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So we can't, we've said that it's very early stages of the idea and that's totally fine. So let's like actually think a little bit about what this is going to look like and the sort of business model for it. I always used to be really confused about the term business model and then I heard on the Being Boss podcast them say that it's just how you make money and now it makes total sense to me. So in terms of practically how it's going to work, how have you been thinking about that? So that's the one of the tricky parts to it, I suppose. So I have the closed Facebook group and I think it could be something similar in the sense that we do Facebook Lives, for example. Mm-hmm. So a Facebook Live with another expert. So that could work that way. I'd like there to be kind of resources, downloadables, all that kind of stuff. But whether that's suitable for a Facebook group, I'm not entirely sure. I know there are other platforms like Teachable that provide that kind of um, setting. But I don't know whether you know, perhaps you have ideas. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it, I think really it's defining what this is because the moment you go into something like Teachable, people think it's an e-course and I'm going to be taught, whereas actually is it more of a community membership where they just it's more of an absorption of community and good ideas rather than here is your curriculum sort of thing. And so I think by defining which one of those it is, that's going to help you make some decisions I think it's not the first one it's more the second one isn't it absolutely yeah definitely yeah. and and also that something like teachable adds on another level of cost probably unnecessarily in this case so I would do something like almost emailing it out so if you have resources and if you're having like themed weeks and stuff you can host them on MailChimp and just send them out and people get them directly to their inbox and that actually feels more exclusive like it's just come into my inbox and I don't have to log into this whole other system to get it and then the Facebook group kind of joins it all together so they receive it in their inbox they're kind of 
digesting it in their own time and then they can go and talk about it in the Facebook group and then they'll be alive in a couple of days time and it kind of feels a little bit more exclusive than just another teachable course. Yeah no that sounds kind of perfect I suppose because the Facebook group will allow us to have a discussion about things. I'd like there to be some form of accountability mm. so that we can chat about perhaps the tasks and all that kind of stuff that we had in the previous week that kind of stuff so so that it's not just another course that you buy and never actually look at (laughs) yeah exactly and really pushing the community element of it is what's going to make this unique as opposed to doing a social media course for example it's going to be for people who just kind of as you say want that accountability and a few reminders they've They've kind of already got a business and sort of know what they're doing, but just want a little bit of support. And that's what you're offering above and beyond what somebody offering a course is offering. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. And I think Facebook is the best place to do it. I know some people are whinge about Facebook and I am one of those people as well. But in terms of groups, I think groups is where Facebook really thrives and it's a native platform for everyone. People generally know how to use it and I just, I've done memberships and courses and stuff where they've made a real point about the community not being on Facebook and it's in this other forum, but it's never worked because people don't really know how to use it. It's another thing to remember to go and what your login is for it and stuff, whereas Facebook is just there. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think most people do have a Facebook account. And even though I personally don't use it for personal reasons that much, I do use it for groups. Actually, that's the main one of the main things that I use it for. Mm. So it makes sense, really. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of basic framework of what you're going to do. So you're going to have your resource. Who's going to make the resources, by the way? You're going to get the the guest person to do it. Uh, I think, yeah, it'll be a mix. But yeah, so I think, yeah, it, it would be nice for it to tie in with the topic of the week. So yeah, but th- that's something to iron out, I suppose. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's fine. I think if you're asking somebody to do more than like pop into a Facebook Live for half an hour, then yeah, well, as we've said, payment is probably would be a good idea because it's kind of easy for people to turn up for half an hour and do a live, but if they've actually got to do some proper preparatory work for it, they'll probably want um, some remuneration for it. No, um, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So that kind of brings us on to the pricing. And given that you want to kind of cover your costs and stuff, have you had any thoughts on what that could look like at all? It's it's another area that I'm struggling with, mainly because it's very hard for me to know what other people may want to charge so have not not having that information is kind of very hard to then obviously think about the overall pricing structure I don't know if you have any thoughts on what a reasonable amount might be per teacher maybe Mm. I think It's, it's hard isn't it yeah yeah it's so chicken and egg this isn't it and I think there's also got to be a little bit of flexibility and also you kind of saying this isn't going to be the most money you've ever been paid to do something because this isn't a, a hugely profit-making exercise even for me. Um, so I, if if that's where you want to start from is how you're going to cover those costs, um, I'd do a little bit of market research and with some people that you trust and maybe because you're you're interviewing people on your podcast already just in the kind of little after you finish recording kind of saying oh can I just pick your brain on something really quickly of what you would be expected to be paid to do this 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 and this but I think first of all you've got to get clear on what this 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 and this is so what you expect of that person and then kind of get a figure for that and then see right well maybe if I take out one of the things I expect them to do, then I can really bring the cost down and it's not going to affect the value of the membership too much. So to start with that, um, and then once you've got all your cost figures, because otherwise, if you unless you're paying for MailChimp, that's really one of your only costs other than kind of your time and probably PayPal fees and stuff like that. It's then, actually, with a membership, I would put what, do it as a total, so what you need in total to make and then work out from that how many people you need to sell it to because it's going to be different if you work out your costs and you think, well, I need if it, I'm doing a £25 membership, 
I'm going to need 100 people to cover these costs or am I going to need 50 people? And then actually thinking what's going to be easiest to find 50 people at a higher rate or 100 people at a slightly lower rate and kind of thinking about that it like that. Mm, Yeah, no, that's definitely something to consider. I think that's another area that I would need to do a bit of research on with regards to what people would feel comfortable paying. But as I mentioned earlier, I think initially I thought it would be like a monthly membership that would continue running. Mm. But I think to begin with, I'd like to kind of start a little bit smaller Mm. and have it as a three month membership. But I don't, I I don't know whether that's a good idea, whether, whether that's not um, a good idea. I don't know. Well, that's what works for you. So there's no point in you doing something that you're not going to be able to nurture during your during the wedding season because everybody's just going to leave. <laughs> so I think that starting with where you feel comfortable and confident, and it seems that you've got the strongest ideas around the three month, and that's also replicable. So you can run it from like January to March and then have a break for weddings and then run it again in the autumn, for example, and you've still got all the content there. You just have to ask people to come back to do the lives. And I'd also say that it allows you to run it in a low risk way in terms of you can afford to take on fewer people and make it more of a premium offering just while you're testing out how it's all going to work and go together. So if you can say it's three months, it's capped at 50 people, it's going to be a really close-knit group, you can then say, oh, and it's going to be £50 or whatever. Rather than if it's ongoing, people will sort of be like, oh, but there's only... And then there's a real pressure to get the, the numbers in when it's ongoing, and I feel like that's going to be stressful. Yeah, I I think I agree totally. I think I'd rather start with the three months and then obviously if things develop, then that's one thing. But to begin with, and like you say, I think I already thought about having kind of two, perhaps two intakes over Mm. the year. So that's something to consider as well. Mm. And you also don't know if you're going to hate this or not. (laughs) Well, exactly. (laughs) So you don't want to say it's 12 months and then you get two months in and you're like, oh, I absolutely hate this. this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It is something new, completely new, really. So Mm. yeah, you're you're totally right that Mm. it may not be something that I enjoy. Yeah, remains to be seen. (laughs) Yeah. So if we're kind of thinking that for your initial launch, it's going to be three months and cap the numbers a little bit so that you can make sure that the costs are being covered and that it's you're not setting yourself up to have to get hundreds and hundreds of people through the door. So when you've got that, it's really thinking about who is the specific person you're trying to reach. So obviously you've got people in your free Facebook group at the moment. So would you say that they're definitely your target customer? Do they have to be Nottingham-based your target customer? Have you done any thoughts about who is this person who's going to buy the membership? So there's definitely no restrictions with regards to the location. I don't think there needs to that needs to happen. The free Facebook group at the moment, we've got, I think majority is kind of Nottingham-based, but there, there's quite a few who aren't as well. So again, so the location doesn't really matter, I don't think. With regards to the ideal client, I think anyone who has just started their business or is a little bit into their business that needs a little bit of a boost, someone who is looking to perhaps progress, maybe become more visible online, those kinds of things, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. So that's good because it's a very specific time in their business and so it's not people who are still side hustling and it's not people who are kind of really into it it's people in that that right at that beginning stage where they do you do need that little bit more support in a, in a very practical way rather than it being just I think when you're probably months and years into it it's more networking support that you need whereas this is practical support yeah yeah no I totally agree mm. Good. Yeah. So it's really then thinking about when you're putting together the the resources and who you're going to invite on is really getting clear about that person. And so thinking about 
what are the challenges that they're coming up against at that period of time in their business and what kind of business that they have as well because it can be quite different for product-based and service-based businesses they have very different needs and so things even like email opt-ins which is something I've discussed in my own Facebook groups and courses and stuff that it's that is something that project businesses find difficult in a way that service businesses don't and so they have very different needs on that front which is the sort of thing to think about like is am I just going fully in for service-based businesses because that's what I know or is it more inclusive than that yeah that's definitely something to consider and I think it could be that perhaps it's tailored to both if possible but obviously that may become a bit tricky so it just depends I suppose Mm. I like to try and keep it open to both because it's good for people coming up with ideas across the whole spectrum and certainly when I've done workshops and things when there's been somebody who has a product-based business the service-based businesses are there going oh but I buy your thing and I do this and this and this and it's good to get a, a nice mix of perspectives whereas I think if you've got a group full of photographers for example it gets very echo chambery and you don't get the same kind of mix of perspectives and ideas that you do with a real good range of businesses yeah no I totally agree and I think that's one of the reasons I would like it to be well I don't I don't know what a large group is I suppose but relatively large so that there is that variety but not so big that it becomes just just you get lost in the kind of in the mix I suppose Mm -hmm. I suppose one of the things that I did want to ask you about is how do I go about launching it (laughs) which is such a big question Uh, but I in the past when I looked into kind of launching courses or anything like that it's all very you have to send 20 emails a day Mm. and remind people you're launching and all these things and it's it's very much not the way I like to be sold to Mm. so I definitely don't want to be doing that because it gets annoying and I think most people will agree that it just becomes a little bit almost desperate I guess yeah and I think obviously you'll probably agree uh, coming from your kind of marketing perspective yeah definitely I really hate the word launch <laughs> from a, a personal perspective as well from when you are sat there going right I'm launching a thing it makes us think that if we don't get a hundred sales in 10 minutes that we're somehow failing because it's it's a launch whereas I'm much more a kind of try and think of it more like a campaign. So generally with marketing, I think of having baseline and campaign activity. So your baseline is the sort of hum of everything that's going on to keep you visible online. So it's posting on Instagram a couple of times a week and and blogging once a week or putting a podcast out. It's doing your, your email newsletters. And that's all the stuff that keeps you visible and keeps you in people's minds. And then when you've got something special to say, like, I've got this membership coming out, that's a kind of campaign activity, which is a sort of trumpet over the top of the hum, where you talk about things in a way that's really specific to the thing that you're trying to sell, but you're not going launch, 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 here's 20 emails, because people ignore 20 emails. You, When I am launching a course or something, I write one email. And I just make it a really great email that's valuable for people and full of all the information that could ha- they could want. And then rather than bombard them, I then will go and do like an Instagram live where I'll talk about kind of something else that's sort of related but isn't by my thing. It might be, so say for example, I'm launching my blogging for business course. I'll go on Instagram live and do like a free Q&A about blogging just to kind of have the messaging out there in the world and then allowing people to come and make the decision themselves and find it themselves. It's more of a gentle signposting and it's reminding people that you exist rather than your thing to buy exists. Mm, Yeah, that's such a good way of putting it. (laughs) And what I always advise people when they they are putting something on sale, like a course or whatever, is to do a lot of the pre-work. So write all any emails you're going to send ahead of time, write your blog posts, get your Instagram posts ready, and then just be focused on being present during the time that your your cart is open. And that's the main thing is just being there on stories, being there to answer questions, uh, doing the odd live, uh, sending out an extra email if you feel that you need to, but just 
in that period, you've got to be reactive and you've just got to be present in people's lives. So they are aware that you're there. And every time that you put a story up and it's really funny or it's really insightful, they think, oh, I'm going to go and see what she's up to. And then there's the thing to buy. That's the way that that I like to do it. Mm, No, it totally makes sense. And with regards to kind of when you do announce that you have a course for sale, how long do you leave it before before the door closes, mm-hmm. I guess? it's it, This is funny because when I la- first launched my course, I had, I think it was like a month and a half. But what I found is that people buy in the first couple of days that you've put, got it live and in the last couple of days. You So you can have the longest launch period in the whole world, but nobody's buying in the middle bit. They only buy when they first find out about it and then the other people buy when they're like, oh crap, I've got to buy this thing or I'm going to miss out. So, and it also depends on how much pre-work you do before it goes on sale. So say you've not mentioned it once before it goes on sale, then you sort of need a little bit of time for the people who are going to buy it last minute to kind of get it. Whereas if you do pre-work before it goes on sale and you spend a couple of weeks saying something's coming, I'm working on this, this is what's really exciting, I've just spoken to so-and-so about the new project. If your people are already aware that it's happening, then the the car open period can afford to be shorter. And shorter is how long? (laughs) (laughs) Personally, I wouldn't have something on sale for less than a couple of weeks. And that's based on no scientific knowledge other than that's that doesn't freak me out. <laughs> that's how that's what I'm doing with mine is I'm I've shortened it from down from a whole month, but I like to have it as a couple of weeks just because it gives me time to see what's what's going on, to see if I need to react to something and kind of push something a little bit more. I feel like a week is I feel, would feel out of control with a week and I would get yeah, to a no. point where I was like, please buy my thing. Whereas over a space of a couple of weeks, I can promote it the way I want to promote it. Yeah, I think I was kind of thinking more along the lines of a month to give mm-hmm. myself enough time. But yeah, but that's something um, to consider kind yeah. of further down the line, I guess. I think for your very first launch like this, I think do a month because... I did a month for my very first launch and I think if you did a couple of weeks it would be more of a panic um, and if you feel like a month, I need a month to to get this out the way that I want to get it out, do that, that's absolutely fine. So yeah, then that actually kind of leads us on a little bit to content planning. So thinking about, because talking of having a launch period, there's got to be stuff going out <laughs> during that period. So um, what co- what content do you have going out at the moment? And then we'll have a think about what we can do extra to that during a launch period. Okay, well, you won't be very impressed. <laughs> Unfortunately, the only content, real content I have coming out at the moment is the podcast. Mm-hmm. I haven't been writing any blog posts as of yet so that's something I definitely need to consider and and get on with I've I've been having obviously conversations in the Facebook group and stuff but that I wouldn't obviously necessarily call that content that's accessible to everyone so yeah I've been talking about the personal branding photography and stuff but that's it is separate so Yes, podcast is currently the only content. I'm not going to tell you off for that because <laughs> <laughs> that's it's better than saying, oh yeah, I've done nothing. And a podcast is a really great way of getting your message across, hence why we're talking on a podcast now. And yes, that's and I think that can be the real hub of your content during a launch period. And um, you can use it to promote the membership in a really unique way because what you can do is if you're getting experts in to talk in the lives then you can get the same ones onto the podcast to give a kind of flavor of what their lesson is going to be about and it's a really unique way of promoting it because people are hearing it in the way they're going to hear it when they've bought the membership and it kind of gives them a taster in a way that a blog post wouldn't give them a taster and it kind of connects people to you in a much more personal way again than a blog post can however blogs they're really useful in their own right because they do things like help you show up on searches and they are really shareable and they're for people as well who you know can't be listening to a podcast but they can 
be kind of reading a blog post on their computer on a break or whatever. So it is a good thing to add into the mix, but like, don't feel that you're failing because you've not done it yet. And yes. No, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, it's been something that's been on my mind uh, for a long time, but mm. it's, it's just finding the time, I guess. I, I certainly blog for my wedding business, but obviously, yeah, it's finding the time to mm-hmm. to create content for different purposes, I guess. Yeah. Do you have an email list set up for this? No. No. That might be a first thing to do is to have some sort of opt-in and an email list that then you can sell to. And what I really like about having opt-ins is it gives you something to to sell without selling because it's free. So it gives you something to talk about that's really valuable and really on brand and gets people into the frame of mind you want them to be in. So say, for example, it was a five-day mini membership you could call it it gets people into the mind of oh yeah that's the kind of thing that I would like and you can talk about that and talk about all the themes of the actual membership but in the context of a free thing but you're then getting sign-ups from it as well Mm. yeah that sounds like a great idea so that's what I would do almost immediately is to start getting something like that up start building an email list because once you've got an email list that really opens up your options in a a launch period because you can then as you say send send an email not 20 but an email but that's a community that you can really build in the meantime before you're going into a launch period and that they can then be your real forerunners and your advocates and you can kind of say to them like oh it would be really great if as part of this community that we're in in this newsletter that if you could share this on your stories or whatever and kind of help them to to build a buzz around it because the people who sign up for your email list are always going to be your biggest fans yeah no you're so right and would you say you create separate content for your email list and then separate content for your blog um not entirely separate so I repurpose across the two So either what I write in my newsletter, I might publish on the blog a month or so later, or part of my newsletter as well as a kind of digest of like the best posts of the month. So some of it goes into there. So it should be a more personal, and when I say personal, I don't mean like bearing your soul, but when people sign up to an email list, I always think the inbox is the only invitation only place on the internet. And so they are kind of inviting you into this kind of intimate space. And so I think it's rude to go in there with like, buy things, buy things. Oh, yeah, um, no, and, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but to go in there with something that kind of meets them with like, oh, hey, I, I appreciate that you've taken a punt on signing up to this email list and let me tell you a really beautiful, inspiring story about what I've been doing towards the membership this month and kind of help them to feel a part of the journey and to really kind of feel connected to you is the key thing with this. Mm. So that would be my priority over a blog actually for you because you've got podcast content going out. I think an email list would be my, the the thing I would do before a blog. Okay. And then you've got Instagram and social as well. How are you? Because you've got already got two Instagram accounts. Are you going to have another one for this? Or are you doing it all through your your personal branding account? Yeah, so before I set up the second account, the personal branding account, I wanted it to kind of be an umbrella for both. Mm-hmm. So both for the group and the photography because... I feel like the audience is relatively similar in, mm-hmm. in the sense that it's women in the creative industry. So, yeah, I would like to keep it under one umbrella yeah. because <laughs> it's just not going to be manageable to, to have a third account. I no. just don't see how that would be possible. No, I'm never an advocate of starting new accounts for things because, A, it it's really soul-destroying to start from zero. And, yeah, it just doubles your workload the minute that you add another another account on so you're much better consolidating all your activity into one account and just making sure that you are really clear about what hat you've got on when you're using that that account and that you're spreading the messages nice and balanced so rather than kind of being like 
talking about your personal branding photography for six weeks and be like, oh, by the way, membership. Just making sure that all the themes and stuff go across both. But I'm I'm sure they will because I think you're right that people who are interested in personal branding photography are going to be interested in, they're going to have business and be interested in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that was the initial um, thought. So I hope that that is the case. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and it's and it's a funny one because it's a very kind of acquisitional tool, Instagram. So as long as you're creating, well, you're posting content and creating content there that's going to speak to the person that you want to attract, it's going to attract them. So when you're kind of thinking about who this target customer is and thinking where else they are online and who they might be following and just kind of thinking about what are the images that when they're scrolling Instagram makes them pause and then how you can recreate those so that you're catching the attention of the people that you want to be attracting. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's certainly something else that um, perhaps I need to consider with regards to creating engaging content. Yet another thing Mm. to add to my list. Well, this is the photographer's curse (laughs) because good photography and Instagram photography are different things. And that's why I think it's very difficult to be a photographer on Instagram because your best work is never going to light Instagram on fire because Instagram has very specific things that do well. So it's, it's always tricky to balance you wanting to show off your stuff, but then also get people through the door so it might be worth yeah having a just thinking when you're thinking about who this person is and where they already are online and how you can get in front of them thinking about what are these what are the tropes that are going to really spring out of the screen to them and how can I start to incorporate them a little bit more mixing through my photography but kind of making it a nice mix of all the different things Mm, yeah that's definitely something I need to have a think about Good. So that's your kind of content planning. And then as I kind of picked up there a little bit as well is outreach too. That's always a great way of getting your message in front of your people where they already are, because there's only so much that we can do from our own channels. There's only so far you can grow when you're not getting up out of them and being somewhere else and so as I kind of mentioned earlier with your podcast you're in a good position where if you can confirm the people who are going to come and do the lessons you can get them to promote it as well which will be a really useful thing particularly if they've got bigger audiences than you or they just are really tapping into the people that you want to be tapping into so you can really get them to to talk about it and promote it, come on your podcast, talk about the fact they've been on your podcast, that kind of thing. And then it's just really whether there are, you feel that there are other places that you can be talking about this. And it might be that maybe you go and pitch to be on a couple of other people's podcasts just to kind of get in front of people where they already are, even if that means they come and listen to the podcast, join the email list, and then maybe they don't join the membership for the till the next one because they've only just found you. But it's starting to get known in circles outside of the ones you're already in. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So that's something that I would try to do if you're coming into a launch period is that in and around that period, you have a couple of interviews going out or maybe a feature on somebody's blog or you do like a follow Friday or something like that that just you've got little things happening in that really busy launch period that means people are going to find you for the first time on someone else's channel come over and see you at your best when you're getting all of your great content out there and you're really present yeah no that totally makes sense so good (laughs) so not much to do (laughs) not at all (laughs) a walk in the park yeah yeah I think but I think we've kind of managed to kind of scale it down a little bit in terms of right focus on the podcast and making that the hub and then have all these other things so a few outreach opportunities using the Instagram and also building an email list and have those as kind of the satellites of the podcast so that everything comes out of the podcast and is filtered through these other things and that's how you're getting your messages communicated yeah and do you personally kind of create content in batches I try to. I've got out of the habit of it recently. For the podcast, I definitely do because otherwise I could just can't deal with having that pressure of not having recorded hanging over me. So I do 
batch those kind of four weeks at a time I would do like four interviews in two weeks for example for the blog generally I try to write a month's content in the first week of the month so that then I've got three weeks of not having to worry about it photos I do batch I always batch photos so I will take spend a morning taking photos like once every two months and that tends to see me through and then emails I don't batch because I only send one a month and it's kind of hard to batch that (laughs) yeah yeah no I totally get that that's so interesting though that you you batch the photos and everything else as Mm. well yeah photos is the thing I really have to because I would so quickly run out Um, yeah well that's the issue isn't it I think a lot of people find themselves in that in that situation where you kind of you have a bit of good content you put it all out there and then all of a sudden it's like oh I have nothing else yeah, to post exactly and so I tend to if I'm like out and about I would take out and about kind of photos of windows and stuff like that and mix those through but things like my the photos that always do the best of like my cup of tea and blanket photos they will all be taken in one go uh, and posted over the course of a couple of months. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, it's obviously time efficient, so it totally makes sense. And it really helps me personally to just be in the right frame of mind because it's always when you don't have a photo to post that you're just like, I can't even think of something. Whereas yeah. if, when I know I'm having a full day where I'm shooting, like I can be really prepared, I can be in the right frame of mind. And I, I love those days, but I wouldn't love to have them every week. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, I find it so interesting because I've never really done that. Obviously, with wedding photography, it's very different Mm. because I have weddings and then I have content, I suppose, Mm. but I have to approach it differently for this account, I think. So that's, yeah, that's Mm. something I'm I'm definitely going to try and try and do, I think. I think it really helps with consistency as well, which on a feed like mine, for example, is really important. So all the light can be consistent for for weeks and weeks and weeks which also helps mm, yeah, yeah no no that's a good point so let's think a little bit about your kind of taking this and making it happen really so have you set any sort of deadlines and stuff for it yet or is it still you've not not been brave enough <laughs> no I haven't been brave enough I mean I even mentioned to you um when I agreed to to kind of chat about it on the podcast that all of a sudden when I did yeah. all of this kind of fear came through and the self-doubt and is this the right thing to do and mm. will I be good enough at doing it all these different things so no no deadlines as of yet <laughs> well I'm um, not going to ask you to set one like live on air <laughs> I think that's I think, probably a bit harsh <laughs> I think realistically um I mean we're pretty much in you know coming into autumn now realistically I need a little bit of time to get my head around what I'm doing reach out to obviously other people all these different things produce content all of these things and then you know before you know it, it's Christmas mm-hmm. so I think the issue I have is so I'd like to launch at the beginning of the year I think mm-hmm. but the issue I have is I know that January is a very long month for everyone and you know people just don't spend money and it it may not be such a good time yeah it's a funny one because there there is that but also it's the time of year when people are you know all the resolutions and all that kind of stuff people are really deciding to make a difference and for me January is always my busiest month really yeah because it it's a it's a real personal development month yeah, no, no, I totally, yeah, I totally agree with you um, uh, in that respect. I think, yeah, no, that's a very good point. Yeah, so I wouldn't be put off by that, essentially. And I agree with you. I would have been really surprised if you'd said, I want to launch it this side of the new year. and Because I wouldn't if I was in your position either. And um, what I would say is that then that what that gives you between now in the beginning of September and and December is it gives you a really good block of time to be talking about it but not in the pushy way and think of this as almost your pre-launch period where you are getting content out there you're building this email list and just getting all this kind of 
the groundwork in place so that when you're ready to launch, it's not a huge surprise for everyone and they've got to get their heads around it. By the time that you're launching, they've they've been waiting for it to launch and they're like, finally, I can buy this thing and kind of help people come along on your journey as you're developing it. And so when you kind of get somebody who's agreed to come and teach you social media week, you can share that, oh, I've got so-and-so coming to teach it and I'm so excited for it to go live and here's the link to sign up if you haven't already and just kind of be creating a buzz up until the launch point. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I wonder whether, obviously we mentioned I'd have kind of like a month of when obviously I open the doors for sign-ups. So would January be a good time to do that and then start the course in February perhaps? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, obviously I think December is such a busy time for everyone. Not People won't necessarily be focusing on anything but, well, Christmas stuff yeah. and yeah, the only thing is this, and it, it's because it's funny with December because it's different for every family. So some people in that week between Christmas and New Year are either like desperate to get away from people and are really starting to work on stuff already or they're completely out of it. So that one's a really tricky one and it's just a time where people aren't present online. They're present in their real lives, which is fair enough. So yeah, probably I would go from January. Yeah. It's a plan. Yeah. And then, so between now and then, set yourself a few little deadlines to keep you on course, but also that just means you can have a win every now and then because when you're putting something together like this, it's such a long slog to the finish line, essentially. So give yourself some excuses to celebrate along the way. So, you know, booking your first expert or getting your opt-in live and your email list signed up and things like that. Just set yourself some deadlines that you want to hit along the way because that's going to keep you on track and keep you motivated as well. Yeah, no, I think that's something I definitely need to work on as well. (laughs) Is um, I think, yeah, I I think it's quite easy to set a few goals without a deadline of any kind and then they're just there. Mm. Um, But yeah, I think setting a deadline is a good idea. Yeah, deadlines are great for just keeping you trucking forwards because and, and that's something that I get as a coach when I work one-to-one with people is they're like I'm so glad I'm doing this because I would never have done that thing if I knew I wasn't speaking to you today and then they got the thing done because they had that accountability of the deadline so if you can kind of provide that for yourself by setting those deadlines and writing them down and putting them on a calendar, I think really helps psychologically to be like, oh, that is an actual thing and not just something in my head. That's the only way to really move the project on because otherwise you are going to get to December and think, oh, I didn't get that email list done and oh God. So it it's a good way to, to really do little and often on this. Yeah, keep, and keep it going, yeah. So do you have anything else that you wanted to ask about getting this getting this real and live or or anything about it because we did speak a little bit about creating a a working routine around it because not having you know your whole life be just work but I think that if you have your uh, just kind of really portion it out and have your deadline set up and then think this is how I'm doing this so I'm doing just my podcast which I'm already doing so that's not taking up extra time it's just putting two tasks into one there's an extra thing with the email list but rather than send it weekly I'm going to send it monthly so that gives me a little bit of balance you're doing two in one again with your Instagram account so it doesn't feel like there's going to be too much extra for you to do with this <laughs> well, if you say you so might, do you <laughs> disagree <laughs> no I no, I totally understand what you're saying with regards to the podcast yes it's already running so is the Instagram page. So yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. So I think then you've got your sort of content plan. Uh, you're going to think about the the target customer and get, kind of get clear on that so you can create the content. Um, and then you're going to, you've kind of got an idea of the business model and just kind of refine that. And again, set a deadline for when you're going to draw a line under that and stop thinking about it and then start doing the work on it because I think that's a really important thing that you can stew over things for months and months and actually it's never going to be absolutely 100% right so you just have to draw a line and say after this date I'm not working on that anymore I'm starting to put it into into action so give yourself a deadline for that and then yes set your deadlines 
between now and January for all the things you've got to hit and get done in order for this to become a real thing. Yeah, I'll certainly be setting myself deadlines because as, as you say, I think it's very easy to get carried away and just think things over for a long time mm-hmm. and nothing gets done essentially. So yeah, no, I'll definitely be doing that. Good. So I've got one last question for you, which is how do you grow a soul in your work and life? I've been thinking about it, but I think it all comes down to focusing on what feels right to me with kind of any side of the business, I guess. And it kind of comes back to this idea that, you know, if you're launching something, you've got to be essentially, you know, be everywhere and and tell everyone about it all the time. And I just, it doesn't sit right with me. So I think just doing what feels right rather than kind of focusing on that external noise, I Mm. guess. Yeah, totally. I so agree with that. Listen to your own self and not what you think you should be doing because the thing that you think you should be doing you're never going to do the better than the thing that you actually want to (laughs) do yeah no I totally agree yeah well thank you so much for being brave enough to share this this new idea that you've got and I really hope that you've kind of got some extra steps to really kind of make it happen and I hope that you do make it happen because I do think it's a really great idea and I'm sure that other people will too so if they want to get in touch with you and offer their services or say I want to join your email list it doesn't exist yet where can they come and find you okay so uh, my website's anadunlevy.com and that's d-u-n-l-e-a-v-y.com that's uh, my instagram's anna underscore dunlevy and then the Facebook group and the podcast is Fearless Hustle Collective. So that's where you can find me. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. If, like Anna, you have an idea, whether you already have an existing business or not, an idea that you just can't shake off but also can't quite put into action, then my new Make It Real group coaching program is made for you. If you're listening as this episode goes out in September 2018, then you have a few days left to join this intimate program of like-minded souls to take your idea and make it real by Christmas. So go over to my website and find Make It Real in the coaching section, and I'll also put a link for you in the show notes. Otherwise, you can find all the other links we mentioned at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast, and you can find me and Anna on Instagram. I'm at Simple and Season and she's at Anna underscore Dunleavy or use the hashtag hashtag podcast. If you have a friend with an idea that they can't shake, please send them the link to this episode and continue to share your favourite bits of the show online. I love to see them. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul. <laughs>